Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Head with Mike Tom. Today's guest has an unbelievable story, an enlightening adventure that reveals the power of trusting faith and not fear. Today's guest grew up near Windsor in England, and she used her fast-paced Dior modeling career as an escape to explore global cultures. Now, one of those trips led her to a place of danger. She shares that experience and how she used God and her faith to get her out of that today on Connections. We're joined today by Christina Hurl. She is a former fashion model doing plenty of work for Dior. She's also the author of a new book called Captivated, An Adventure in Faith. Tell us a little bit about your life, pre the incident that happened and the story in this book. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about your life, pre the incident that happened and the story in this book. Well, um, gosh, of course, I was I was born in England, um, and um, I was uh, well. I I actually became a model as a, as a young, at a young age, eighteen, nineteen, and um, I was living in Paris and working for Dior, Christian Dior, and a number of other people too, other agencies and um, flying around the world. And uh, anyway, I was invited by a, a friend, a dancing friend to, uh, to join another couple uh, of his friends in Tunisia. And that's kind of how there we, I was at the cusp of the Sahara um, watching a Bedouin tribe come by as they were dancing for, for us and um, the sheikh asked if if I would uh, like to travel with his tribe and take pictures. And I asked my friend in Paris if he would call National Geographic, and she did. And um, and they said they would accept my pictures as long as they were clear. And so that gave me a very uh, you know the inspiration to travel with the tribe. And that's basically my story of how I was. How I survived this experience, which is really silly. I mean, I was 20. For anybody to have done such a silly thing, when I look back now, why did I do it? (laughs) (laughs) Now, maybe tell, who are the Bedouin people? I hear that name and I'm like, oh, that sounds super familiar, but I don't, I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, Well, they... I mean, they're nomadic people. They travel through the Sahara. That they they go from camp to camp, looking for somewhere for the camels and the and the you know to, the tribe, um, the goats and things to eat these weird little sort of grasses that are barely hanging on. <laughs> you know, in the middle of the Sahara, you'll see a couple of them. But what's interesting is, and they travel and travel and see at the time. Although I was modeling and I, I rushed into this wonderful sort of place to, to, to really be on the top level of the, the modeling world, I didn't want to be there. I didn't feel that was my life's experience too. And I wanted to be a photographer. And so, heck, I thought if I was to travel with them and take these fabulous pictures, maybe National Geographic would hire me as as a photographer and that would be a new chapter for me. So that was my experience. But Gosh, this Bedouin tribe—they didn't want my pictures. <laughs> they, they would turn away. Um, see, the thing is, I didn't have clothing to sit on a camel. I had just taken clothing to go on this little holiday, and um, I, you know, I've got this very fair skin, and I needed to 
cover it up. So I went into a souk and found uh, Bedouin clothing that would that I could wear on a camel. I didn't realize it was men's clothing. So <laughs> I was sitting on this camel, um, you know, and they didn't really know who I was. And you've got your head sort of covered up and, and, uh, and I'm fairly tall, so I'm skinny and, you know, they probably thought I was a boy, but they would run from me. And so I never did. Well, I've, finally, as the time went on, the, the Sheikh kept sort of saying to me, look, give them time, give them time. I'm sure within a few days they will accept your camera. I was expecting him to rope them all together and say, look, do it, you know, smile at her and she can, but he didn't. So the days kept moving on and on and on. And, um, and I would sneak a little camera, a little shot from inside of my tent. But anyway, it's been on the back burner of my life, this story for many years. And it wasn't until COVID when I said, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should write it and get it out there. However, now, <clears throat> excuse me, now many, many people have said, you've got to make a movie out of it. <laughs> <laughs> writing a script. <laughs> yes, writing a script. And we'll see where it goes. So from high-end fashion modeling to the Sahara Desert, right. what, what was that change like for you? And what was that experience like while you were out there? Gosh, looking back on it. You see, I have always had a sense that I was protected. Um, my, through my grandmother, I, I have strong faith that God is really there and he'll protect me. And so I was walking with stride and purpose, you know, into the experience, knowing I would be protected. And I thought, well, heck, you know, all the Old Testaments of people that have gone into the desert have heard God's voice and he has led them out or led them through it. Maybe that will happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, this is a, it was an exposed a part of me which is now carried on because I, you know, I travel the world a lot, at least before COVID. Now I don't want to go and sit in quarantine for over a week. But, um, you know, I've been taking groups to wonderful places in the world and I do have this sense of, yeah, I'm always protected. And, and um, I will be, you know, I do feel, all right, don't go that way, go this way. <laughs> and everybody has been protected on my trips. I have taken groups for many years all over the world, and they have been protected. So, but the story really was, gosh, looking back on this, I I really enjoy to connect with people far, far away. There's a sense of, you know, the heart of humanity. And I found gradually, gradually that this happened with me, with the tribe. Meanwhile, I have to say that the sheikh, he was like a, a very young, handsome Omar Sharif. <laughs> and he really fancied me. And I didn't realize that until it <laughs> got into, this, into the story. And, oh, my gosh, I think he wanted me to be his woman. So I had to, I had to escape. And that was... That was very cinematic, that part, when I think about it, how I managed to sit on this camel. And we, he had taken us further and further into the Sahara. 
the tribe, and I had to get my way out. And he stole my camera. My father's um, my compass that he gave me, wonderful compass. My father was a Royal Air Force squadron leader way back, gave me his compass. And the sheikh stole it. And he stole everything to try to keep me from going. So effectively, you became a prisoner in ways then, it sounds like. Well, yes and no. I mean, not really. I wasn't sort of held in a tent or anything. But uh, uh-huh. I had to realize that he had other alternatives. There was a real alternative to get me out there. And that was because he just felt like I could be his woman. Now, who knows how many other women he had at the time. I wasn't aware of that, but, you know, he was the main sheikh of the tribe. And, uh, and there probably a few other women were his, were his women, but um, nothing. He didn't touch me. There was no problem. And I did come back now really saying to God, please lead me the way. Show me where I have to go. I'm just, I think I should just go north to get back. And there was this incredible evening where I was, it was freezing cold. It, there were stars with the galaxies all over the sky. And um, you you walk, the camel walks at night and you try to sleep in the middle of the hot, you know, the day um, under a tent. And I had hired this, this young man to, well, not young man, he wasn't so young, a bit older than me at the time, but from the hotel to protect me. He was uh, he squinting. He really couldn't see very well. He, but he was a sweet chap, and he did, he did try to protect me. So he was staying behind me, and I was leading the way on my camel. And I laid back and looked up at the sky and prayed. I said, God, please tell me, how can I get back? Which way should I go? And there was a meteor shower all zooming across the sky to the north. Huh. Incredible experience. Really? Yeah, that that sounds like a biblical experience. <laughs> yes. And here I am living in the mountains of Colorado. <laughs> and honestly, on the 12th of August, the Persoid meteor showers are zooming across the sky. And I always go outside and feel like I'm back in the desert, <laughs> you know, with the experience. So so it's been a wonderful thing to uh, to. You know, and it's years years after this happened to me, and I to have to go back into the experience of thinking of each conversation and describing things. It, it's been really amazing how our mind just zooms back. Hmm. How many how many years ago was this, and exactly how long were you out there before you managed to return? Uh, well, about a month. I was about a month out there. Um, and this has been, it happened in 1970. So quite a few years ago. And it's clear as day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, what did you learn? Like you said, before the journey, you felt God directing you and always with you in a sense of security and even the meteor shower helping you, uh, find your way out of that situation. But what have you learned about God and faith uh, because of that journey, do you feel? And if you sort of think about the roots of your life, this has been 
this a very strong root of my life. I feel, I do feel, look, there's a, you know, with all the stuff that's happening in the world, I just feel like I walk through life with strength and purpose. And, and God has guided my way. He protects, inspires, and guides me. And I, no matter what I've done, um, I always feel that that's a big part of it. God is a big part of it. It's a relationship. For me, when you, when you, my relationship with God has been so wonderful and his relationship with me is sort of like, if you feel like you're reaching up to the sky and he's reaching down to you, um, I'm really aware of each situation that has been, he's protected me, guided me, inspired me. Um, directed me. Um, you know, there's been other things that I have done and said, for example, I can be, I could be taking a group somewhere, say there was one in Myanmar, Burma, and mm. um, we're hiking through the, we're hiking, uh, there was a lake, uh, we stopped at the lake, one end of the lake, we had to hike up to this mountain and back down the other way. And he said to me, I've got you protected. Now I always know we're protected. I know that. And um, anyway, we were sort of walking the trail. And he said, I said, well, everybody's protected, God, please. And he said, yes, of course, everybody's protected. And there over to the side, it was probably about 25 feet away, was a cobra sitting and looking, (laughs) staying there, you know, flappiness around their heads, just staring at me. And then it just slithered away. And uh, I thought, well, it's incredible, you know. So what I always say to people, what do you have to lose? Let him in and really feel that incredible protection and guidance. And, and instead of sort of struggling through life or flopping through life or, you know, whatever it is you have to go through, just give it to him. If, if you have an issue with somebody give it to God, let him handle it. And he does. That's some good advice. I feel like after one adventure and escape in the middle of the Saharan desert, I might've been good for a lifetime, but you <laughs> decided to keep on going. Oh, oh yes. What? <laughs> What's uh, So the book captivated an adventure in face. Some great responses. Just reading some of the reviews online earlier about, and everybody's saying, like, I can't put this book down. What's that been like for you to see the response from readers? Well, it's been incredible. And, you know, to know it's got another chapter, and that is um, a screenplay. And what's incredible is I do know people that have that have studios, and uh, they will love it. So this, this will be the next, uh, the next phase of it. You know, and I, I can't wait to go back into the Sahara and find a tribe to, to uh, you know, to, to video this or to, to film this thing. And I don't know who would play me. <laughs> this uh, that, oh, that was my next question. <laughs> who do you want to play you? <laughs> I haven't got that. Not there yet. Um, you know, because my story almost 300 pages, uh, 200 something, 80, I think. And when you write a script, it's got to be about 120 pages because you each page is a minute in the story. Okay. And um, so, 
you know, getting there is an interesting part. And I've probably done about a third of it. I'll get back to it in the autumn when it's cold and I'm not hiking every day. Um, but, um, no, it has a great message in it. And I think everybody, everybody, many, many people anyway, have said, you know, I feel, I feel really inspired now to, not that you have to go into the Sahara and you have the same experience as me, but um, there's, if you sort of stand tall and walk, as again, I've said this before, but walk through life with strength and purpose um, and feel that you don't have to get involved in all the negative chattery, but uh, be the best you can be. I always say, say yes to your precious life. Be the healthiest, most fit, most clear, most peaceful, most loving, uh, most creative person you can be. And this story has really helped me get get to that place. And it didn't because way after it, I um, actually became an actor for a while and then went into a whole bunch of other things. But uh, <laughs> there's chapters out there. <laughs> but this story, no, you'll you'll really. whoever reads the story you'll see you know what it was like with this this handsome young sheikh and and the other people in the tribe and uh wow and his father oh that was amazing gosh his father i'm not going to divulge this you should read the story but his father was a the most interesting amazing person and what he did for life longevity wow I don't think anybody has done that ever. <laughs> what, okay, I got to read the book. <laughs> yes. And what amazes me, and I'm sure it's going to amaze our listeners, is even after something like this, and Mike mentioned this earlier to one adventure and you're done, you continue your adventures. You continue to get out there and just experience what God has allowed you to do. Well, yes. I mean, for, I feel the world is my back garden. <laughs> you know, I, first of all, I, part of me felt like a sort of a, you know, a bird that I had to go every year to different parts of the world because it was so beautiful to be there in in the spring or the autumn. Or I mean, for example, Bhutan. I have gone there for many, many years. I know the royal family. Um, I have, uh, gosh, you know, Africa, India. Bali, Bhutan, Peru, Southeast Asia, all through South Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, many, many places. And I know fabulous, incredible hikes in each one of these places. And then to walk, to walk into a little region and these people look up from their fields or something and they're, they're like, wow, she's back. And they come rushing out, open their arms. And I'd like to know the, the, the you know, each wherever I am in the world, just a greeting in their language, something that they understand that I know. And it is so beautiful to see this light from their eyes that they're so happy to see me or who, you know, whoever I'm bringing around the world. It's lovely. For people who want to learn about your book and want to learn about you, how can they go about doing that? Um, Again, again, the book is, captivated an adventure in faith and my traveling bit my uh well it's called spa fari think of a spa s-p-a and think of a safari 
Safari, F-A-R-I. So S-P-A-F-A-R-I, Safari. And the reason why I call it Safari is um, I always have healthy organic food, 100%, every, every time. I, uh, I like to, you know, stretch people. I, I can, I teach people how to stretch. Um, I even, well, teach people how to do yoga if they want to do yoga with me. But, um, and then at the end of the day, if they want, they can get a nice massage. We all stay at very peaceful, scenic places. They have a busy, busy places in the middle of the town, but scenic and peaceful. And, um, Usually, honestly, I get many people sending me letters afterwards. It was a trip that changed their life. Um, a, because, again, I keep saying, say yes to your precious life. Be the best you can be. And think of what you need to do to make the changes, the discipline that you need to do to, to keep yourself in that place. And my gosh, to think that this trip in the Sahara, this experience was the, was the base of, of what happened since thank you so much for joining us today yeah what a pleasure to hear your story oh gosh well thank you so much and thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe we'll talk to you again on connections